Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. For the Bobby Eaton Show, yeah. giving you information you'll want to know, speaking on issues affecting us all, and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. All right. Hello, world. Hey, good afternoon. Hey, and welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. Yeah. Welcome back, my friend. Well, thank you so very much. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I feel like I've been gone for so long. What's going on with Do that? Do you? Yeah. Yeah. You seems know, like I you've been gone getting, for a minute. I start fiending for the Bobby yeah. Eaton Show. <laughs> well, that's one of those things that happened. Hey, but you were in a play. Yes, I was. It was a very good play. It was, give, it was a yearly thing given by the Heller. Uh, quality center down there called Heller Shorts um, 2019. Okay. And I was uh, participating in one of what it is. It, it was a collection of 10 different short plays from uh, really? local authors that won awards mm-hmm. and they put them all together. And I was in the play called uh, Patsy's Suitcase. And it uh, centered around an older woman like myself who was adopted and she was trying to find her birth parents. Well, okay. the scene sets in a hospital, which back in the 1960s used to be an insane asylum. And her mother, uh, Patricia Patsy Carter, used to be a resident there. And it goes on. You know, I'm with my son. And Dion Berryhill played my son. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, London Anderson played my mom, this beautiful little young you're woman. You're acting all over the place. <laughs> okay. Every time I look up, you yeah. in some play or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it kind of keeps me busy, Bobby. You know. Yeah, that. you're good at it. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank Continue. you. Thank you. I always support you whenever I get a chance. Yeah, you do. That's not so right. There she is up there. <laughs> now, the yeah. Griffins, that was the. Oh, the man. Resistance, as they say. Yeah. But I think that was the best play. You know, I won that little Tate Award. Tate the, Award for the Griffins. For the, not for the Griffins. No, no, no. I won for. It for uh, the, uh, uh, what was the one? The military. Marshall at Fort yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Military. I call it the yeah. military one. Yeah, the one, military huh? play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. We're we're hopeful that the that Dr. Clark can get uh, some type of venue going on because I've been getting a lot of a request you know, for that that yeah. play, that Griffin. But you know, Theater North really need their own built-in yeah. venue. Yeah, they need really a do. venue. Yeah, they do. You yeah. know, that's a feast. although that's that's true. But you know, I kind of like being down there at the performing arts. Well, center. they need something set up like that. Yeah, down there. Yeah, they do. That same yeah. set up. Sort of like uh, American Theater does. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They need something like that already yeah. set up. You yeah, know, with the seats and everything. Yeah. You know, yeah, they need some true. a million dollar, few million dollar, uh, yeah. you know, facility. Nice. Would be, be nice. would be real nice. Well, you never know what's going to happen because we did Theater North. We did win the ten thousand uh, dollar award. Okay. Last year. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Yeah. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing mm-hmm. to keep winning. It's always yeah, good when you're winning. Good. Well, and and you know the great thing about that is, 
you know, I've only been doing this thing for like four years now. But, yeah, since um, I've been back, you've yeah, been, you've been yeah, getting it. Maybe so. a year after you came back. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Kimberly and I were like, hey. Mm-hmm. Kimberly was like, they're they're holding auditions at the Rudisil. I said, Ann. She said, let's go down there. I said, Kimberly, I am not thinking about doing those things. She said, come on, let's just go. I said, so okay. you guys just went on down we there. We just huh? went on down there on the women. I ended up getting the lead part, and she ended yeah. up getting the part as my daughter. Right. And after that, I was just hooked. Now you're hooked. You've yeah, been in, hooked. what, three or four or five of them now? Four plays now. Well, five now. Mm-hmm. Five plays now. So. It's been a joy, and I want to thank everyone for their support. I've been getting a lot of support on yeah, you're Facebook. Get People that. come in and, and see the play, so mm-hmm. it's been very, been really. And Bobby, I want you to know now. You know I can't sing, okay. <laughs> but I had to sing in this last what? one. This last play, <laughs> yeah. you had to sing. I had to sing an old spiritual go- really? uh, gospel song. What, you, what was you singing? <laughs> go down, Moses. <laughs> Way down in Egypt land. I can't remember the name of it. Never grow old. Never grow old. Never grow old. Uh, I can't even remember. I'd have to think about it to. Just, to okay. It. Y'all don't want to hear me sing. All right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Speaking of singing, yeah. we haven't been singing in the rain here lately. Today is beautiful. Uh, 89 yeah. degrees, everyone. Feels nice outside. Yeah, feels Better really, than really some good. of those other hot days. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of keep this pace going. Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up 74 degrees. It's going to be under partly cloudy skies. We're going to reach a high of 90 degrees, but that's even better than those really, really, really hot high-index 115-degree days we've been having. Oh, my goodness. But get ready. Like I said, don't put your umbrellas away. It still might rain on your head. Friday, you'll wake up to 71 degrees, and then we'll get to a high of 83, but we got some precipitation in the forecast. Same with Saturday. 71 degrees you'll wake up with, and we'll get to a high of 84 degrees. And Sunday, it's going to clear up just a little bit. We'll wake up to a very pleasant, pleasant Sunday morning. 69 degrees is what it's going to be if you get up and go to church that Sunday morning. It's going to be nice. It's only going to be 87 degrees by the time we get out of church, so that's even a good thing. Mm -hmm. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week is going to be nothing but sunshine. Everybody loves the sunshine, and on that's Labor right. Day, that's exactly what we're going to get. 70 degrees on Labor Day, we'll get to a high of 88 degrees, so if you want to go out and you yeah, know, do is, your little picnic. Yeah, this is the Labor time, Day weekend. That's huh? right. This is the Labor should Day weekend. should be a lot of stuff going on, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of family get-togethers, mm-hmm. barbecues, and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So, so Monday's going to be a very good day to do that. We'll only get to a high of 88 degrees. Mm-hmm. Once again, right now, it's 89 degrees under partly cloudy skies and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. Mm, sounds good. I can get out on that porch in the morning with that cup have of coffee. Been, yeah. Have you been riding your bike lately? You know what? I'm going to start back. Yeah, I need to go and get rid of some of this, this tummy right, right. here. You know, <laughs> I this, need this to be out there of, with you. You know, I need to be out there and, with and you. deflate, you know, <laughs> some deflation and some <laughs> exercise or something, you know. I was just telling uh, Mackenzie earlier, I said, who does that picture look like up there on the wall? She said, Trey. I said, that's not Trey. I said, that's Mr. Bobby Eaton. She said, oh. Oh, oh really? <laughs> she thought you Trey, you know, because we were looking at the yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay. yeah, back in the day, he used to be real skinny, McKenzie. Girl, you wouldn't believe skinny. how small I was. I thought, how small we were. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was a ladies' man back then. You, know? I you were. back in the day. You I, thought I, was, thought I, had it, I thought I had it going on. You did have it going on, son. Uh, well, hey. You had it going time on. Time bring about a change. <laughs> oh yeah, well, we we thankful you to be know, here. Thank good to you be know, here. Hey, I'm thankful to be here just to yeah, complain me too. Me too. about this stomach and yeah, to complain. Right. Me too about, about my the stomach. I'm glad I got one. You know, yeah. so <laughs> some people don't have one. That's right. 
They go on, you know. That's right. Some yeah. people six feet under and can't complain. That's true. That's so true. Thank so you, I'm Father. blessed and thank you. Thank you, Lord For everything Jesus. that I'm able to do. One thing that I'm not thankful for is what? the latest article that I've been reading. Yeah, read that article. We were oh talking about that earlier. It's go been ahead about and four tell them years about ago, but the death of Gregory Vaughn Hill Jr. at his home in Fort Pierce, Florida. There were only three witnesses, right? And that was the two Lucy County Sheriff deputies and Mr. Hill. Now, he's 30 years old. He was fatally shot by a white sheriff's deputy who responded to a noise complaint about the music that this man was playing in his own garage. Now, they say that toxicology toxicology report, it showed that he was drunk. But he was drunk in his drunk. own home. In his, so in in his garage. In his garage. Come on so now. So after this brief encounter with deputies, of course, he was discovered dead when they sent the little, the little sight thing in there. Mm-hmm. And he had a gun in his back pocket. But the deputies say that he was holding it during their confrontation. He was Although, holding the gun? Yeah, he was holding the gun. And that claim is really in dispute. Mm-hmm. Uh I think the lawyer is filing for a new trial, and if that is denied, he'll he'll appeal it. So one way or another, this family needs to get together. He was shot three times by one of the deputies who he was I shot guess, in the head, wasn't he? Well, he was shot in the um, in the uh, torso, in the stomach, and shot once in the head as the garage was going down. Because more than likely, what this black man did when the police came up, they bammed on the thing, and he lifted it up. They were like, hey, then he's drunk. He said, man, I'm in my own house. Y'all need you to go and take it. care right, of your yeah, right. And he probably hit that button and went down. And they, and shot, they shot through the garage door. Mm-hmm. Now, he did have a gun on him. but well, He was in his own home. Wait a minute. The gun was in his back pocket. It had no bullets. And you know what the deputy said? What? They said, oh, he must have put it there after we shot him. He, how is a drunk man going to do that? You done shot him in the head. You done shot him twice in the stomach. How he going to put the un unarmed pistol back yep. in his back pocket. Anything. Well, you know, you got to be careful these days yeah. because they will shoot you. Well, a federal you jury know. that was hearing the wrongful death lawsuit brought, brought, brought by his his family, his mom mm. kind of got the ball rolling. They were asked whether his constitutional rights had been violated and mm. whether his estate should be awarded damages. And then they were asked, well, well how much? For the pain and suffering, how much of pain and suffering of the of Mr. Hill's three children, how much was that worth? Well, last week, they delivered their verdict after four years. They said that Deputy Newman, the man who shot him, the, uh, the sheriff who, deputy who shot him, had not used excessive force. They had ever, and they had been ever so slightly negligent. Given Deputy Newman's action. Mm. And then you know what? The jury awarded a whole four dollars in damages. They gave one dollar to his mother for funeral expenses, and they gave one dollar to each of his three children. But 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 the story don't stop there. Also, because the jurors found that the sheriff's office was only one percent at fault in this death. That meant that the award was reduced to four pennies. Four pennies. And the jury, which you know was probably all white, I'm just going to come right on out and say that. You know they, they said were all white. that Mr. Hill Please. 
was mostly to blame for the shooting because he was intoxicated. At his own house? Can't you be intoxicated at home? In your own home? Well, hell yeah. <laughs> well, the lawyer for his family said Tuesday that Can't you, do you that? know potentially a judge could reduce the force in award to nothing. His their lawyer, who is Ms., uh, attorney John Phillips, he said I don't get it. He said it's heartbreaking. Mm. His his uh, fiance Monique Davis said there's a lot of questions I want to ask. They've not gotten any answers. Uh, the jurors, they didn't stay after the verdict, of course, because they all white and they all redneck and they all probably mm-hmm. Trump supporters. Right. They they uh, did not stay after the verdict last week to speak with the lawyers. They didn't even approach see, uh, attorney. This Phillips is Smith. right up your alley. Yes, I know. <laughs> with you working, see, with you working in law enforcement Man. You know, for a law firm, I know you 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 can read through it all, huh? Oh my goodness, we're going through a case right now that I can't speak on that that the state is just. So very, they withheld. Well, I can't speak on it till it's over, but it's a it's a bunch of. We've got two excellent attorneys, bunch of BS, huh? attorney Mike Manning and attorney Alexis Gardner. Mm-hmm. They are on it. They are on it. But mm-hmm. you know, this young man, you know, they young people. You are know, they, you really have to understand to think before you speak, to think what path you're getting ready to go on before you take any action, because especially here in Oklahoma. Anything can happen. Now, this here to Mr. Gregory Hill, this happened in Florida. And, of course, you know, Florida has a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of ups and downs and, and chaos going on with all the different uh, cultures that they have going there. Mm-hmm. And it, still, there's a lot of white privilege going on, and that seeps very strongly into law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So there's some more here. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> they didn't even release any information about the jurors that were on this case. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the sheriff who is the sheriff mascara. I wonder, does he use mascara? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Is that his name? Yeah, Sheriff Mascara. Okay. Mm-hmm. He said that his office was pleased to see this difficult and tragic incident come to a conclusion. He says that my deputy Newman was placed in a very difficult situation, and like so many fellow law enforcement officers must do every day, he made the best decision he could for the safety of his partner, himself, and the public, given the circumstances he faced. We appreciate the jury's time and understanding. Mm. Yeah, he he was placed in a very difficult situation mm. because the garage was down. How are you placed in a difficult situation and 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 given the best decision for the safety of your partner mm-hmm. when the garage is down? It's down. It's down. You shot this man through the garage. How mm-hmm. in any way were you were you your life threatened in any way? Mm-hmm. It wasn't happening. Wow. That's this, crazy. Yeah, this suit was filed in two thousand sixteen by his mother, Viola Bryant. And mm-hmm. uh like I said, um they didn't bring any criminal charges against this deputy Newman. Oh, they didn't. Yep, yep. It happened January fourteenth, two thousand fourteen. Okay. Around three o'clock in the afternoon, and, and that's really bizarre because the mother that was picking up her child from elementary school, she just heard the music coming from this brother's garage, garage. that mm-hmm. she called in the complaint. Mm-hmm. So when Deputy Newman and Edward Lopez, the other one, responded, uh, this the one garage doors closed. Well, they say that this is what they say: the garage doors closed. They banged on it, and eventually it opened to reveal Mr. Hill. Whether Mr. Hill, who worked at a Coca-Cola factory and had a history, you know they're gonna throw this in. Had a history of serious traffic offenses. A history. Oh, he probably got one or two tickets, tickets every year, speeding or yeah, something you know like something that. like something that. Something minor. Yeah, 
they're saying that he was holding a gun. And whether he was ordered to drop it, that's what is in dispute. How could he be holding a gun when they just found dead and it was in his back pocket? Yeah, probably. So they, you know how they make that stuff. Yeah. The garage door was empty. Right. It was eventually closed, mm-hmm. and that's when the deputy fired four yeah. times, striking Mr. Right. Hill once in the head, right. twice in the ab- abdomen. And that's well, the entire They're going to have to, they gonna have to really work that out, you know, yes, those situations are. like that. Uh, yep. It's happening all over this country. That's right. And we got to, you know, you guys got to take yep. care of yourself and be aware what you're yeah. doing because they will shoot you. They you will know, shoot you, they will. even if you're at home with mm-hmm. your little with your little nip, and you they will take your little nip or bang, something. Bang, 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 you know, and there you go, little yep. nip. Yep. Well, hey, we got a great show going on today. Ooh, yes, we, we got. Do. I can't wait. Hey, we got Tulsa Star Online News publication oh. with executive editor Tamantha Norman. She's here. Wonderful. And do and, you know that yeah. was a uh, vital? What? Well, not vital, but that was uh, one of the. One of my lines and one what? of my husband's lines in the Griffins, you know that that in case what are you, you talking don't know about? what I'm talking about. Yeah. The Griffins was a play that was essentially built well, around. I was a talking about Tamara. Well, wait a minute, I'm talking about <laughs> okay, her too. Okay. I'm talking about All her right, too. Okay. Give me a minute. Give okay. me a minute. The the play I didn't know was, we were was around. With that. Okay, the play is, is built around this family that was um that was uh and what they did to survive or not uh, during the 1921. Uh, Tulsa massacre. Throughout that play, each of us always brought up the Tulsa Star. Oh, really? Yep, the okay. Tulsa Star. Well, the owner of the Tulsa Star. We've got uh, Miss Tamantha Norman here, who's going to be talking about the Tulsa Star. I know. I'm its origin and where you know it come from and yes. stuff like that. We're all excited over here. Mm-hmm. Hey, and that was a great story about that guy with that garage. Oh and stuff man, like that. that's crazy. And stuff like that happening, like you said, all across the nation. But. Samantha's here, and Yay. we're going to bring her up in just a minute. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show. Uh-huh. This is where we tell our stories our way, right? So all you got to do is dial that number, 646-716-5525. Once again, that number is 646-716-5525. Or just go online. Google the Bobby Eaton Show. That's right. And you can just click on live, and you're going to hear us talking mm-hmm. about the Tulsa Star. That's right. <laughs> Tulsa Star. All right. We use our platform to promote today's leaders while inspiring tomorrow's. And we super serve our local community while helping you serve the world. We are Eaton Media Services, a full-service media company providing promotion, videography, recording services, and more. Connect with us today to find out how we can help you entertain, empower, and inform at EatonMediaServices.com. Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community? The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the Grassroot Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to the Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Hi, I'm Denise Parker with Midtown Embroidery. We do it all from any type of promotional, from screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location. 
location too far. Let us be your one-stop shop. We're located at 2808 East 15th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74104. Our phone number is 918-982-3254. Our email address is denise.tulsamidtown at gmail.com. Thank you. Dawn Tree here, CEO of Underground Tree Studios, your one-stop shop for graphics, web design, and art. You can find us online at www.utreep.com. That's the letter U T R E E P.com, as well as finding us on Facebook, Underground Tree Studios, Instagram as Underground Tree, and you can also find artist Dawn Tree online as Artista Dawn Tree. And you can also kick it old school and give us a call at two zero two. 910-4409. Don't hesitate to call us. All it takes is a 10-minute consultation and we can have you hooked up. Peace. If your credit starts with a 3, 4, 5, or 6, this is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates. Along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. With 13 amazing services, we restore and repair generations to come. Once again, call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554. Or text camp to 76626. If you know better, you do better. Only the Credit Shiro can help you to save the day. It's the only community radio show where we tell our stories our way. It's the Bobby Eaton Show.
Everything in the sunshine. Do what we do. And in the studio, Tamantha Norman. How are we doing? I'm doing pretty good. And yourself? Yeah, we're doing great. Hey, welcome to the Bob Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. That's right. And uh, let's see, we're going to start off. Let's uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you born and raised at? Where, um, are you, where are you from? Well, I was born right here. In North Tulsa, North, North Tulsa. Tulsa, yep. Okay. Lots of folks don't believe it, but that is true. <laughs> yeah, actually, my mother lives like right down the street. I'm not gonna say what house, what address, but down on the street, on the street, on the street, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, what house? What about? I want to know that. I'm gonna say, Bobby, you should know. You might know. He might know who I might know your mama. You know. Okay. But yeah, you're born and raised here. Went to school here. Yep, went to school here. Pretty much um, my whole, like, elementary, secondary education was TPS, except for middle school. That was a Holy Family Cathedral Oh, you went to Holy Family? You, yeah. Like, you yeah. went to good girl school, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My stepdaughters, Kimby and Nikki, went there, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, I mean, it was an interesting experience. You know, I got into Bishop Kelly after I left there. And okay. So, yeah. And then I got into Booker T, and then I visited both schools, and it's like, mm, yeah, I really want to go to Booker T. Both my grandmothers went there, yeah. and I just liked the vibe a lot more. Than, so you went to Booker T? Yeah. You graduated yeah. from Booker yeah. T? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hornet. Yeah, the Hornet. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Hornet too, you know. So, yeah. and then you left there. You left Booker T. Did you go off to college or anything or school? Um, I eventually did. I didn't go right away. I uh, ended up working for uh, Mayor Corvista. Um, worked mm-hmm. for a couple of nonprofits here in North Tulsa mm-hmm. while I was trying to figure out um, what I was going to do in that yeah. regard. I know where to go to college, but I could. I didn't really know, you know. Well, you know, college is not for everybody. You well, know, I knew it was for me. I yeah. just, you know, money, you know. Mm, well, it's, it's all boils down <laughs> to the cash. Yeah. yeah. You know, right? right. To the that's cash, right. you know. Mm-hmm. That's the golden rule. You know what the golden rule is, don't you? What's that? He who has the gold makes the rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that okay. sounds about right. You yeah. know, so, right. yeah, that's the way that goes. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, hey, welcome. Tell us about the Tulsa Star. <laughs> Let's start back. And what made you decide to revise this and bring this all back 
you know? So honestly, I mean, writing and editing research, that's always been something that's been of interest to me since I was, I mean, going to Holy Family since I was in the middle school. Wow. So, you know, I didn't really have a goal in mind when I was growing up as far as like what my career was going to be. I mm-hmm. just knew it was something, it needed to be something to do with like writing and editing and something justice oriented. And really, it just really came down to um, the job that I work at now. It's a criminal justice reform organization and getting back linked up with a lot of folks in the community that are like hardcore, like real boots on the ground activists and mm-hmm. like realizing all of the deep-seated issues that were going on going on in North Tulsa, because I feel like for a long time, like, even though I'm from here, I mean, I've lived in Midtown for several years. I feel like there was, like, definitely a disconnect between me and, and North Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes, like, even though I knew the community needed me, I feel like family issues and things like that kind of kept me, there was a distance because of those issues, so, like, I didn't feel, like, really drawn into it until I reconnected with those people and saw their passion and saw that, like, we need more people on the ground doing this work. We need, mm-hmm. we need all types of people, all types mm-hmm. of skill sets, so you, all that. You, you were in a whole different thing, huh? Connected until you got back into uh, what was going on here in North Tulsa, huh? Yeah. As I'm, far yeah. as the activists or something? Yeah, I mean, I mean to be honest, I, I wasn't really involved in any activism. I mean, I definitely was someone that was into, like, political theory, political philosophy, all that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a bookworm, but, like, Ultimately, I don't feel like I was really doing the real work with the people in the community. Yeah, in the you know community. what I mean? What's the point of having all this knowledge and you're just kind of keeping it to yourself? I mean, honestly, it's just kind of. Was it bothering you? Definitely, yes, mm-hmm. most definitely. So, what steps did you take to get involved? What happened? Um, really, I just felt like you know, if I'm going to be saying I'm you know working on behalf of the community, I need to actually be in the community and get to know the folks that are actually have been doing the work in the community for years. Um, so you know, I kind of just. Did my research, looked into different organizations, North Tulsa, met with people, talked to some people. Really, really the cultivation of relationships and really picking up on those uh, the undercurrents, right? You know, there's this stuff on the surface, but then it's like once you actually hang out with people and cultivate relationships, yeah. you actually get beneath the facades and you get to see mm-hmm. what's really going on. And you can really see where you can plug yourself in to in so, the most authentic way. So who are some of these um, activists that you've been <laughs> interacting with? I'll give it your name now. Um, oh, yeah, well, yeah. you probably know him. I mean, we, we probably know the same <laughs> yeah, one. We probably know. had him in here. Yeah, they, yeah they, you they, have. We've been, have. Acting, we've been acting with him, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd probably say, um, let me see. You had a couple of them in here Monday night. Christy, Miss Christy, she's mm, definitely oh, yeah. a major mm-hmm. influence to me. Chief, he's one of the Chief, good yeah. Um Greg, I would say. They're all in um, here. I'm trying to think who else. Dr. Crutcher, major mm-hmm. for me. Love her to death. Yeah. Yeah, those are the names I'm thinking of. And there's a lot of other people as well. You network with them quite often. Yeah, and, you know, try to see where I can get plugged in. Obviously, you know, it's um, it can kind of be a little bit daunting to be around those titans because I'm very mm-hmm. soft-spoken, and okay. I kind of just do my, my writing and editing and my researching and all that. But I think, That's you know, right. there's a role for everybody to play, right? I think. Right. So. Yeah. Yours is one of the most important. Yeah. So thank you. Yes, one of the very <laughs> most important. Yeah, because media is important. That's and, right. uh, you grab hold to some history. Mm-hmm. What made you all of a sudden decide to pick the Tulsa Star? So to be honest, um, I, when I first started about doing this publication, I didn't really have a name in mind. I just knew that, with all due respect, you know, I felt like a lot of folks were 
starting to co-opt the Black Wall Street name, and some folks I feel like are very genuine in what they're trying to get done under that name, yeah, and other folks is kind of a marketing ploy, which is a smart marketing ploy, but for me, I'm more, I try to go about things in more authentic ways. So I kind of wanted to make sure people understood what I was trying to do on behalf of the community, which is why I wanted to have some kind of historically significant name, and not just historically significant name, but one that is attached to like real, authentic, justice-oriented, truth-centered, investigative journalism, which is what I was, what I'm going for. So, actually, I had a conversation earlier this year with Miss Christy, and I was mm-hmm. like, because I know she know her and she know about all the history about mm-hmm. Block Wall Street, and I was just like, man, I can't think of a name for this publication. Do you know about any, like, paper that was going on back in the day that's kind of in line with what I'm, one of my mission to be? And she told me about the Tulsa Star, I'm like, and about A.J. Smitherman and his story. I'm like, that is perfect. So, you know, that's that's the direction I wanted to go in, and I wanted to kind of pay homage to his vision, which is why yeah. on the About page I make it very clear about the history. This is just a revamping of the Tulsa Star. I don't want anybody thinking that this is just all me. Yeah, something mm-hmm. new. Yeah. yeah, just paying homage to, you know, the answer. You're bringing oh, it back. Wonderful. You're yeah. bringing it back. Yeah. Now, so that's a good thing yeah. right there. So how do you do your research? And it's just you alone by yourself? Oh, no, no, no. So, I mean, I got it going. It's my brainchild to the extent. But I have a team. You know, you I have a, a, a okay. young lady that uh, does the editing of our uh, – well, helps me with the editing of our news investigative pieces, a young man that helps me with the culture and opinion pieces. And I have another young lady that helps with contributing editing. So if we ever get overwhelmed, she kind of mm-hmm. steps Jumps in, in there, and helps, huh? it, helps out. And oh, we have wonderful. two staff writers and a regular contributing writer. Mm-hmm. And then we also – from time to time have guest contributor writers from the community that, you know, oh. if they feel like they want to voice their opinion, yeah, yeah, on certain issues happening Kinda in the like, round. You know, the Bobby Eaton show or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Juice Radio show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I'm just you know, saying, you know uh, just yeah. throwing this out there, it might not be a bad idea to do a little research right before the 100-year anniversary and during that time when it gets closer, maybe get some clips of Smitherland's, uh, Smitherland's, say the name for me again. A.J. Smither- Smitherman. 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 I, yeah. I said that on, on stage, and I can't say it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, some of the clips that uh, that he published, mm-hmm. because they were very profound, mm-hmm. very profound. Mm-hmm. We put them in, uh, and they were part of the play, mm-hmm. too, some of the so news clippings. When, how do you find your content? What do you do? I mean, honestly, I feel like <laughs> being plugged into people that are really on the ground doing the work is very helpful for me. And staying- they bring things to you? Well, I mean, not that they bring things to me, but it's just like, I mean, they're, I mean, again, I'm a very learned person, not saying in an egotistical way, but just saying I do read and I do hear about things on my own as well, but maybe not living here, here in North Tulsa, I might not hear things as quickly. So it is helpful to have people that are based here mm-hmm. to help, like, make sure, hold me accountable, really, is what I, I would say, because, like, I want to make sure that, like, okay, yeah, I founded this publication, the revamping of it, but if I'm really going to do this for the community, I can't have no ego about it. Right. I, it has to be really community centered for real. So like, that's why I like having people that have been doing this work for, you know, years, really kind of like guiding me and kind of like having, you know, like check the balances to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the culture pieces, um, luckily I've, I've, you know, I've been pretty uh, lucky to have like, not that I'm older, but like, I mean, I have slightly younger staff members. So like they're kind of, I feel like they're a little bit more in the know about <laughs> what's happening culturally in Tulsa than I am, right. especially That's when it comes good. to North Tulsa. So, you know, they've been very helpful with giving me culture ideas and I've had some of my own. Um, and then again, just being plugged into folks that like I feel are really doing the real work has helped with like finding uh, contributing writers for the op-eds. 
No, wonderful. The, the real soldiers. Huh? Yeah, the real ones. <laughs> so if we want to uh, take a look online, what would we do? Oh, so you can just Google us. Um, well, I wouldn't say Google, but you can just go straight to the website. It's newtulsastar.com. New Tulsa New. New. Yeah. I want to make sure people are like, new you know, I'm not trying to, like, I'm continuing on in the tradition of what was new. happening before. I'm not yes. trying to co-opt. So this is that. the new. That's the key word, huh? New. Yeah, new. new I want to say new. So I call it Tulsa Star for short. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the now, Tulsa when, Star when, is when that publication different. was in existence back, uh, what, what year did it start? Do you know? Uh, yeah. So actually, it started in Muskogee. Mus- yeah. As a Muskogee Cemetery, if I'm, if I'm correct. So that's 1912. And then he moved to Tulsa a year later, moved to Black Wall Street, and it became the Tulsa Star. So it was an operation from 1913 up until the race massacre in 1921. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, a lot of history right yes, there. Yes. Uh, wow, it would be nice if you have you ever been able to obtain any type of those clippings. I'm pretty sure you can. Um, I've yeah. had some folks send me some of the clippings. I mean, I'm not gonna say like the like the hardcore like real clippings, mm-hmm. but like you know uh, anything yeah. microfilm, microfish, of, yeah, and, microfish. Uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the word. Yeah. Um, of those, I've seen a couple of those. Yes. Oh right. wow. Would they have that down at the library? I believe so. I believe some so. of that. Right maybe at the, at, probably at the Oklahoma Historical Society, I feel like that's probably what Historical it might be. Historical Society. Oh, yeah. If I'm, yeah I think so. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. That is. And so you did your research and you decided, hey, the new Tulsa star, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and so you're going to be telling it all, right? You tell it all on the on, on online? Yeah. So for me, you know, and a lot of folks ask me this question because it's like, you know, we have other media outlets in the city. So how are you different? Well, short answer to, you know, long answer is our stories, especially the news investigative pieces are aimed at either covering topics with more depth than mainstream local publications, news publications are doing Mm. or covering topics that aren't going to be touched by them at all. Because for me, I mean, I'm pretty independent, right? I just have this online publication. I don't have like, wealthy publishers that are writing my paychecks where I feel like I might want to go in one direction, but they're saying, well, I have this particular political leaning and you're going in that direction. So it's not going to work. And people have to end up having their content watered down. I don't feel like I, you know, have that issue. And then personally, I just don't have that issue because I just don't get bought into Mm -hmm. that. You know, I I kind of do my own thing and, you know, you do it your way. Yeah, really. (laughs) That's just what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. She does it her way. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wow. interesting right there. So, so what, what different sections of the newspaper? I mean, do you, are you sports, current events? I mean, what, what exactly? Um, so really just to keep it simple, because I, I really like, I mean, we're not really a daily news location. I, I pattern myself more off of like the national example would be the New Yorker. It's an online magazine where, you know, I try to publish, you know, at least once a week. I don't like once to go. Um, and that really gives us time to really yeah. research things. Yeah. I feel like when you get into that pressure of like, Oh, I always day. people get to me every day, every day, and it's just like, well, we all have lives, and yeah. if I just rush and write something, <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, for me, I just, and maybe I'm a perfectionist a little bit, but like, I just so you operate, do it like once a week, right? yeah, at least. I mean, there's been times we publish more than uh, mm-hmm. more than once a week, but like, I just the quality has to be right, you know, it's quality over quantity for me. So mm-hmm. you know, um, if it takes a week, is or so, there a certain date? Right, that's, is, yeah. is there a certain day that public publication comes out or is it just <laughs> you just Sundays is, is Sundays is the day that I it's aim a release for. date? Yes. Okay. Sundays. And how long has it been in existence? So it's only been in existence for um 
about three months. We about actually months. officially launched on June first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? yeah, yeah. yeah. Just got started. Uh, yeah, a new skin mm-hmm. in the game. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> great. Which That's is a good thing. Yeah, you know. So you're pumped yeah. up and hyped, and you yeah. know, mm-hmm. you're still in the honeymoon phase, and. You know, and which is a good thing. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you got that energy and that, you know, yeah. you know how it is when you first start things mm-hmm. off, you know, so, and that's a good thing. Um, so these, the staff that you have, you, you love your staff, right? I do. And, you know, I was very <laughs> uh, purposeful and strategic with who I picked, you know, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't say to everybody, like, I just want all black writers or all black whatever, but I mean, yeah, That's I mean, out, I mean, huh? yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I who, yeah. who are some of those people? You can okay. give them a, give them right. a shout cool. out. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, so my uh, news investigative editor is uh, Taylor Finley, um, wonderful young lady, does a lot of great work in the community. Um, and then the uh, culture and opinion editor is Clemens Hurd. So he's actually a Tulsa artist fellow, uh, published poet, um, got his own thing going, mm-hmm. on, going on in his own right. So I'm very lucky to have him on the team, especially because, you know, I'm not paying anybody right now because um, yeah. we're, we're still up and going. Mm-hmm. But um, And then I have Becca Leis, Rebecca Leis, uh, as my uh, contributing editor. And then our two staff writers are Raynell uh, Joseph and Brittany Charday. So they're really great. And then our uh, regular contributing writer is uh, Noelle Janik. Okay. All right. So I think they're all, if I'm not mistaken, well, no, they're not all from here, but most of them are from here. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, so. You oh, guys, you guys come together in conference and stuff like that, and, and round the table, meetings, round table meetings, meetings, and round tables. Mm-hmm. And yeah, stuff. for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, before I was, I mean, I was trying to have the, <laughs> the traditional meetings in certain places. But I'm just like, well, with some of the topics we're going to delve into around some of the institutions and some of the folks in town, probably not really good idea. So you know, we kind of we have our meetings kind of on the low, and you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> strategize mm-hmm. that way. We think that's you know better format, but. You know, we definitely communicate at least once a week, and we're a pretty cohesive team. So, I mean, I, I, I couldn't really gotten any, you know, luckier in mm-hmm. that regard. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't have. Wow. I, All right. So, I how do you do that. your how do you do your marketing and your sales of this uh, online uh, news publication? So, I mean, honestly, as far as the marketing, it's really social media social that's really media. driving it. That's you Fa- know, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter. Instagram, mm-hmm. and it's all that all those handles the new Tulsa Star as well, or Tulsa Star, either one. Um, but yeah, that's the main one. And word of mouth has been really helpful as well. Um, as far as sales, I mean, I haven't really gotten to sales because mm-hmm. for me, it's like, again, I understand why some mainstream publications that are, you know, um, for profit. Right, right. Go to, right. you know, well, you've uh, been there for a few months. Exactly. So. And I understand why they're getting into subscriptions and all that, totally get that. But for me, trying to have a community facing publication. It doesn't make sense to be like, I want to educate the community, mm-hmm. but just pay me $20 a month and I'll give you all the education mm-hmm. you need. You know what I mean? I really want to well, you gotta make, establish yourself. Yeah. First, and exactly. So. And I'm more concerned about like the content. I want to make sure that's high quality. So that's my main concern right now. Of course I have my own in my head, my own future plans for what this is going to look like and that's going to look like. But for me, it's like the content needs to be right. I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes with, publications or even just business in general, when you start trying to scale out too quickly before you've mastered what the mm-hmm. core purpose of it is, then it's like you get into trouble. You know what right, I mean? Right. So. What has been one of your biggest stories that you feel like, wow, this one was the <laughs> one so far. Uh, we have, you know, let me, let me or, what was a big story for you? Um, man, I feel like there is a story about, um, and it's actually part of a series. The second series is coming out next week, but, it was a story about black wealth acquisition and kind of tracking the history of that from, you know, the states uh, from statehood 
to blacks coming here and making their own towns and what wealth mm. acquisition looked like at that time and what it looked like after they put Jim Crow laws into place. So that one did really well. Um, I would say all the pieces we've done about the OIM, Office of the Independent Monitor, mm-hmm. um, all the stuff going on, police accountability and city council going on right now, that has those have been doing Made pretty well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty timely, right? So mm-hmm. um, for sure. But again, I, I would feel like it's not that just that those topics are timely. It's that my main focus is, okay, let's get past general reporting, right? You know, there's other publications, social world, other people are doing that, right? And it'd be foolish for me to think that I can jump into that even if I wanted to, which I do not. But it's more like, let's let's look underneath the surface. Let's get past the facade of just like interviewing the mayor and folks that have their perspectives on things. Let's let's talk to the citizens. Let's talk to the folks in the community doing this work. Let's unpack this. What's the historical context of, you know, police accountability in the city. So that's, that's what I like to do is kind of, you know, read between the lines, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So. Are they starting to, anybody starting to come at you yet? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, they could be coming. Oh, yeah. they, they're going to come. They, mm-hmm. they come at us. You know, we've been doing mm-hmm. this for a minute and they, they're going to come. So yeah. uh want you to have that conversation. Yeah, it's more like either folks that don't know me that well and know and don't know my ethic and they're trying to like kind of see where they can like manipulate or, or fit in they don't really get that far or people that already can sense that about me my air or something and it's more like they 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 come off a little bit like they're anxious or nervous and they're still still trying to figure out where they can fit in but they just know like she's not going to be like maybe others that are just like name your price and we're good to go you know what i mean like mm-hmm. I, you know that's just not how i operate so i think I've always had that growing up, you know, just kind of like, you know, even my family, like, oh, you're kind of the weirdo. You're kind of the oddball. Like, mm-hmm. we don't really know <laughs> what box to put you in. So society kind of just freaks out when it's just like, oh, no, you're not. You're not fitting into a perfect category. Something's what, wrong what with you. Expected, yeah, huh? something's mm-hmm. must be wrong with you. And it's like, I'm not saying nothing's wrong with me, but it just it feels like it's a superficial thing where it's, it's just like, you don't do this. You don't do that. So mm-hmm. you, must, you must be off. Well, you're here. developing a culture exactly. amongst yourself. Exactly. You yeah. know, and you know, like, we have our own little culture over here. And I understand it, you know, mm-hmm. and when you're building and you're so fresh and so new, mm-hmm. people are going to have to feel your culture and what you will say and what you won't say, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. What's your favorite thing to talk about? Some of your favorite Ooh, topics man. to talk about and discuss. I mean, I if you just had to write something right now, <laughs> what would you sit down and say, well, I want to write about this? I mean, honestly, because I used to be in education, mm-hmm. and we've done a couple pieces about this, but just talking about, like, how much the major school district in our city has dropped the ball when it comes to North Tulsa oh, schools, to boy. be honest. I mean, that would be one of my main things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, I mean, this is not just – this doesn't just apply to, you know, them, but also really just all the major white institutions in the city, it's like – it feels like they've made all these plans without us for That's decades. Right. And then well, like they, they they'll come in that, exactly. Man. And they'll come in and do like a one-off meeting. Like, Oh, we want to hear your opinion to like check a box and be like, Oh, we talked to the community, but it's like, you, you're talking to us after you've already made the decision. So, so, you know, mm-hmm. and for me, it's just like, I, I'm not a person that likes to be tokenized or, you know, that's just not my thing. And I, and I'll straight up say that. And I just, that's the main thing that bothers me right now is like, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like we're playing a game of catch up, and so it's very infuriating yes. to me when you have like, you know, you, you already know who you know our adversaries are, right? You know, folks that are like trying to cut Medicaid and trying to cut food stamp programs, and 
are trying to make sure that, you know, all the school funding goes to like private schools and, you know, the charter vouchers and all that kind of stuff. But then you've got this other group of people that think that they are doing the right thing, so to speak. Um, but then they're, they have this very still racist paternalistic attitude with the way that they approach mm-hmm. North Tulsa. And it's just like, well, if you cared about the community, why don't you try to empower the community mm-hmm. instead of trying to just, yeah. you know, give handouts or put little token programming here, here and there. Why don't you actually do something, give business loans and stuff that empowers something people that instead can, of something that's that right. can make a difference. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. So that's yeah. my main issue. Yeah. So make a difference. You know, yeah. we, we talk about that all the time because I mean, you know, with us living in a, a what I call, uh, it's Tulsa's racist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. very much so. I'm mm-hmm. just saying it. Very. It's a very racist city, mm-hmm. and I think uh, people who are racist, some of them, don't even realize that they are racist. Exactly. Exactly. They don't. They they can't. They've been born and raised in a racist atmosphere, mm-hmm. and they don't realize they'll say things and do things, and uh, uh, that's offensive to mm-hmm. people of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when it comes to unemployment, education, uh, the the economy, and things right here in Tulsa, because we are the minority yep. here in Tulsa. Yeah. You know, you say what they, the statistics they say it's like four hundred thousand people in Tulsa, and there's only about sixty five thousand blacks. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can't always go by that because it, everybody yeah. didn't report to the Census Bureau. Exactly. So you don't. Yep. You don't really know. That's just an Gift, I say guesstimation, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you got to be careful because sometimes when you have an oppressed and depressed people, mm-hmm. you know, and who are still suffering from the massacre and slavery and things like that, then, you know, we're always having to adapt to the white way of life, you know, going that way. If it ain't white, it ain't right. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that's why we have some broken homes and some, you know, some things going on because culturally we should be embracing ourselves, you know, in our culture and keep that going. So when we have publications like the Tulsa Star and uh, uh, Oklahoma, Eagle. Oklahoma Eagle, Black Wall Black Street Wall Times Street. and all of these we should be able to tell our stories our way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I feel like the community, the black black community should come to us first. Exactly. Before mm-hmm. they go to mainstream media mm-hmm. and all these six and, you know, yep. 23 and all of these, they should really think about it. Well, hey, I'm going to go to the Tulsa Star and talk mm-hmm. to Tamantha Norman. I'm going to come over to Eat Media Service mm-hmm. and talk to Bobby and Sansare, mm-hmm. you know, and tell them what's going on before they go out there. Mm-hmm. I think we lose it because they're going to tell the stories their way. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and, you know, I encourage everyone to please go online. Go online and newtulsastar.com. It will come right up, and I'm scanning through it. And the, um, what you got over there, stories, Oh, she has, I mean, this publication covers the gamut. Um, just to get name a few, from creation to completion, a look at the Tulsa web series, Blurred, one Blurbs, yeah. Dr. Crutcher's personal journey toward justice and reconciliation. Um, how do we truly see our children? Racial bias and its role in, in juvenile justice. Uh, a collaborative effort. Mentorships. Vital role in the community. I mean, following your passion. A conversation with Charity Marcus. Are all mm-hmm. cops the same? A black female officer's perspective. Mm, love it. Making the OIM matter. Why we need to go back to the drawing board. 
uh, crisis in North Tulsa, systematic racism and its effect on black mental health. I mean, and, and then they have little spiels, uh, uh, article, sneakers, culture, life. Silhouette boutique owner hopes to bring sneaker culture to the Tulsa masses. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got having the tough conversation, racial force. bias, and use of force. It's black. Break the chains off. <laughs> <the> introduction <laughs> to prison abolition. I mean, I, I can't wait to read these articles. It's black. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's black. The importance black, of black. community <laughs> voice and community development. Our children got left behind, humanizing the lives behind juvenile arrest statistics. That's a good one because mm-hmm. we've got some juvenile clients, mm-hmm. 15, 16 years old, you know. Facing prison time, huh? Yeah. And, and well, and depending on, <laughs> that depends on if they're going to be uh, uh, considered an adult throughout the uh, hearings or, or if these are going to stay in juvenile court. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always trying to get our young men to be tried as adults. Mm-hmm. That way it stays on their on their record for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Unless they get it expunged, which is sometimes you got to wait up to 25 years before you can even see about doing that. Wow. So the system is really, really. Who are the gatekeepers for the future of the historic Greenwood buildings? Boy, that's a lot. I'm looking at it, too. Yeah. Race Massacre Commission. Lack it. of transparency and inclusion causes concern in community. And mm-hmm. I love this one. Stolen. That says mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, there's a film about the massacre. So Wow, that says so much. Let me see this. Stolen. It is. I'm looking myself. I can't even speak. Wow. Great. This is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. man. You got to read Stolen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You know, Taylor has been over here before. Oh, really? Yeah, she's been over <laughs> here. Taylor's been over here. Her and TK. Um Chief's daughter. Oh, they yes. run around all the time and stuff like that. So, I mean, everybody, we a lot of people have been over here. So, and you've got a great site right here. Well, thank yes. you. Yeah. My husband designed that. Oh, <laughs> oh he yeah. did the whole thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. wow. In a logo and all that. Oh, oh that's, so that's what he does, huh? Yeah, graphic design. Graphic yes. design. Oh, okay. okay. Hey, now. All right, great, great. So, it's great. And Renee was just over here, too. She was oh, really? Here, uh, Monday night. She was over here with Tiffany and them and, oh, cool. and that crew. She's sitting over there with a laptop. So, mm. mm-hmm. so right. A lot of great people. Yeah. I'm looking at it. Great crew. Young mm-hmm. crew. Mm-hmm. You know, young. <laughs> See, <clears throat> one, thing, one thing I know about young people is this. That's why I deal with uh, Ramal Brown and the Juice Radio yeah. Show and Richard Baxter and all of these mm-hmm. other people. Because you guys have the energy. To yes. do this, mm-hmm. we may have the wisdom, mm-hmm. but you guys got the energy. So you gotta sometimes combine both. Yeah, you know, when, sure. you're, when you're fighting a war, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't want to go without getting history and getting knowledge and getting some truth. You know, and uh, you get that by dealing with your elders and mm-hmm. getting that from them and going out there putting it in today's time where everybody today can understand it. You know, and that's a good thing. I'm looking. Your site it looks nice and it's beautiful, and uh, yes, a lot of inf- a lot of content and information here. Yes, a lot of content. I like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, it just covers everything. Mm-hmm. 
I'm reading. I'm supposed to be talking on a radio. I know, right? Right. <laughs> I'm sitting up here reading, you know. I'm just, okay, so I'm gonna, tell I'll us a little it. bit about yourself. Are, are you, you, I know you, you noticed, uh, you mentioned your husband does <laughs> you read this graphic, too, huh? design, yeah. uh-huh. graphic design. Do you have any children? I mean, what what's going on yeah, with you? Yeah, what you got? Personal yeah. yeah, I <laughs> I talk a little bit about it. Um, <laughs> I, yes. So I've been married I guess, nine and a half years. I have a Woo-hoo. seven-year-old son. He's and a, people, she don't look like she needs that. She looks 16. <laughs> mm-hmm. You better so, hold on to that. Yeah, not as young as I mm-hmm. you think. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, seven-year-old son. Um, What's his name? Give him a shout out. His name is Stokely. Stokely. Named after oh, somebody we may know. Oh, yeah. Stokely. Stokely. Yeah. Carmichael. Go yeah. ahead. That's a mint condition right there. I'm telling you, that's something you Stokely Carmichael, huh? Yep, yep. Okay, that's how you name that for Stokely Carmichael? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I like that. That'll too. So he's in school now, or do you homeschool him, or how's that working? So doing homeschooling right now, and then hope to, in the future, they'll get him back in school, but Again, going back to the schooling things, we make sure it's the right, right. setting, not mm-hmm. some yeah. oppressive setting. So, yeah. you know, let me be very purposeful Getting about that. T- TPS? Our charter. Or uh, what? No, you don't know yet? No comment. But, no comment. Um, okay. But, yeah. But mm-hmm. sometimes I want to go back to the education thing for a little bit. Because, you know, I taught for, well, at TPS for three years. I was, oh, you did? Yeah, I was at Hale High School. That whole time. How did that work for you? That was a very interesting experience, I would say. I mean, because I, I fell into teaching, honestly. Like, I got a bachelor's degree in English Lit, and I was trying to go be a college professor. And I'm just like, I cannot afford, with, with a young son, to try to go <laughs> get a PhD, getting paid $17,000 a year. They're just not realistic. So, mm. you know, I decided to go, you know, the route of going and teaching secondary English. Um, and it was a very interesting experience. You know, it was challenging, but... It was less so challenging with the students. I mean, obviously, there, there was a behavior issues and all that, but at least I knew where that was coming from. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of students that were dealing with trauma at home, mm-hmm. yada, yada, wow. yada. So it's like, you know, that I, I came to understand. The thing that I didn't care for was the lack of cultural awareness when it came to, like, the mostly white administration at a lot of these predominantly black and brown schools. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the thing that kind of really bothered me. Mm. Um, actually, one of the events that happened that, you know, eventually, like, sent me running out of the school and like, I got to get out of education, figure out something else to do that still helps the community, but that I'm not working underneath somebody that I feel like is not have the right mindset to be working with black and brown kids. What happened? What was a, a meeting that I was a, a part of towards the end of the school year where uh, a bunch of teachers were gathered that uh, the principal wanted to be involved in this freshman academy mm-hmm. um, where basically they're going to isolate all the freshmen and like, make sure they got all of the um, necessary academic skills before they join the rest of the school 10th through 12th grade, because they feel like a lot of them were underperforming or not performing at the level they needed to perform at once they got to the high school, which is a fair concept. So one of the teachers asked a question about like, okay, about dress code, like, you know, some of my black students, black male students wear do-rags or head coverings, you know, on their hair. So what's, what's going to be the protocol for that? So the white female principal kind of sits back on the desk. She starts to say something, and then she stops. And then she says instead, well, you know, let's just, we're not going to do any of that. We're not going to do any head coverings at all. You know, I know how they are. I used to be married to one of them, so I know how they are. You know, they think that they're silent, but we're not going to allow that at the school. 
We're not going to allow that. Yeah, and she said she's married to one of them, mm-hmm. meaning a, a black person, a black man. One of them. Yeah, and I know how they are. Mm-hmm. And I know how they. Yes, and mm-hmm. I was like, and it was only, oh my gosh. I was like, the only, it was like only me and one other black person in the room, and then there was another black uh, teacher who actually coincidentally was like on his way out and had had his own issues with mm-hmm. his principal and wow. things that she would say and do and the way she would treat black male students differently Wow. in the school versus other students. And I actually had white, some of my white students and some of my classes actually, these are not the most woke students ever, you know what I mean? And even right. they would notice like Miss Norman, like there's always difference between like how mm-hmm. I'm getting treated versus like my black friend over oh, here. Wow. So like that kind of stuff kept popping up and I'm just like, wow, I, 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 I know I, I can't be privy to this. I can't be co-considered and, and what's going on here. So like, you know, like you said, you have people that are in leadership that like, Oh, you know, you can't even talk about the nuances of bias or racism with them. It's like, well, I'm working in this black school, aren't I, that nobody wants to teach in, right? I can't possibly be massa. racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the massa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so she had a do-rag issue, huh? Or she said she had a black male issue. But yeah, people that, you know, but she had, you know, biracial children. So I think that she thought like, I can't possibly have racial bias because I have half black children. And it's just like, that's not how that works. You know, that's not how that um, works, not so, how it works yeah, at all. So. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and she's probably from one of, you know, I find that most white folks like that, that have been married or been with a black man and maybe have children. When they got with the black men, they family just threw them to the curb. We mm. as black folks welcome these white folks, girls, into our, men, into our mm. families with open arms. And if it doesn't work out, well, all of a sudden now, the white family takes the white girl back. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're going to fall in love with those kids, those biracial kids. You can't help it. You mm-hmm. just can't help it. Even the most racist, racist old they white man, it, yeah. once they see them children, that's part of their son or their daughter mm-hmm. for some reason, mm-hmm. that kind of... Paul, 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 yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be Drama. your Paul, Paul. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there for you. So more than likely, she went through that, and now she's back on that racist. Tangent. She is truly a racist because she does have the power to control mm-hmm. and to monitor what these uh, minorities, these black and brown kids, are doing. Mm-hmm. These other folks, I don't think they're so much racist as they are prejudiced because they ain't got no power. Yeah, you more black people like the little dude that was. Mm. Uh, had the confrontation just here recently with Papa Eaton mm-hmm. and calling him names and he ran over his bike. You know, uh, he yeah, ain't that, racist. That. He just prejudiced. I don't know. I don't know because he... Uh, Can't be racist. He ain't got no power. No, white people got power. That's, that's, that's not, the racism. Not, not, that's not, what racism is. It's race. Exactly. Examine the word race. Examine you know? the whole world word. Well, I'm just saying the whole word race and then ism. Race. In order to be racist, you have to have power mm-hmm. to control and power. power. Right. And mm-hmm. black people don't have power. That's right. So we can't Absolutely. be we can't be racist. That's right. Because we don't that's have no right. power. We can't that's control right. nothing. I don't right. care if you are poor. Poor white trash ain't got no power. That's either. power. Yes, How? you do. Explain that to me. Because white poor white he has about the privilege part. I'm talking about he has white privilege. Okay. He has, I agree with he that. He has white he can be on the streets with holes in his pants and all that kind of stuff, but he can clean himself up right quick and have more privilege than you. Yeah, you're right. You know, he can have more privilege than a black man from Harvard or Yale. Oh, for sure. That's yeah. true. You know, that's so true. because white privilege, and that's what it is. That's a choice among poor white people. They're poor because, hey. They're they, lazy. Huh? 
They lazy. They lazy and they don't they don't care. You know, they want to. Like be. my daddy said, he went to go file for some food stamps. Right. He said all he walked when he walked in there, all he seen was white folks. White and folks. when he turned around and walked out after they only wanted to give him nineteen dollars, <laughs> he walked out in the parking lot and he said, and I'm looking at these Mercedes and right. BMWs and big trucks. Right, <laughs> right. They exactly. take advantage of the system. Exactly. They take advantage of the system. Yeah, so, they know how to work it. You know, they know how to work that. And so, psh, I look over here in North Tulsa now. We have more more poor whites moving over here and going up and down these streets. If you go to if you go to any of these projects, Vernon Manor, Comanche, Mohawk Manor, yeah. you're gonna see an abundance of white people Shut li- up, boy. Li- living in them right now. Are you kidding oh, me? Psh, go over there and see for yourself. They're gonna Comanche? be over there. Comanche. What? An abundance of white people. What about Morning Star? Morning Star, all what? of them. Are you All kidding of them, me? I've white folks kind of walking up and down. They the walk up and down. Pure, look here, I go in these places. I'm I'm all over, you know, and they're there. We've talked about it in our community, wow. and they're there. They're moving wow. back over here. South Tulsa is saturated. It's so many people out there, and they don't have all the you know all apartments is full and everything is full over there, and so they're coming over here. They're hmm. coming back. They're riding bicycles up and down the street. They're pushing carts. They're pushing baby strollers. Mm-hmm. All of that right mm-hmm. here in North Tulsa. And as you can see, gentrification is starting to take place. They're moving here. With Burger King and Quick Trip yep. and yep. all of that's coming and pushing everybody mm-hmm. back. They want to push. They want to push you out to Turley. Yeah, you know? because you know they already are calling Osage Casino downtown. Yeah, downtown casino. So thirty years from now, all mm-hmm. that's going to be yeah. like downtown. And, and you know, so they're they're Crazy. moving, they're moving, they're moving on back, buying up property. Yeah, tearing down. Property. That's what hurts mm-hmm. my heart is the fact that the land that was owned by black folks that's been handed down through the generations. Mm-hmm. Young people are getting education. They're moving away and not coming back. And then the land that they have, they either don't keep it up and lose it by fault or eminent domain, or they sell it, not to one of us, but they sell it to the white man. Well, what is, what's also happening is you have a, a Hispanic uh, community who comes into our neighborhood, and grandma's old house that you don't want, and they look at it like this, and that nine of them will get together, and they'll rebuild that house. They'll put a new roof on that house. They'll redo that house. And then they'll move into that house. And next thing you know, you'll drive by and say, wow, look at Grandma's old house. I should have kept that house. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you won't get together to, to yeah, rebuild a house, rebuild. you know, and stuff like that. So those are some of the things that we got to deal with as a people because our young men don't know how to build no more. That's true. They don't paint. They don't saw. They don't do plumbing. They can't even change the tire. They can't change the tire. They can't do They sorry. You know what <laughs> I mean? We were some diehard old men. Yeah. Now, we had yeah. to do that. That's you right. Know, so we learned how to do all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, something that needs to be done around here, me and my son do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. just go and do yeah. it. But uh, and this, I can change a tire, yeah. but I run into a lot of young women. They don't even know how to change a tire. Yeah, well, they don't. Some of them don't know how to do that either. They don't of, know how to cook. Some of them can't even cook a can of beans. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <clears throat> but you got to learn it. You got to learn as you go. <laughs> and you know, it, time brings about a change too. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the Tulsa Star. That's yeah. a change. That's something change. new. Uh, you didn't do have that back in the day. Yeah. When I, you know, when I was coming up, you only had the Oklahoma Eagle. Hmm. That was a main source of black media for North Tulsa. Hmm. 
mm-hmm. was Oklahoma Eagle. Wow. We wait for Thursday to get that Eagle. Mm-hmm. But now you got technology, which allows you to have your own platform like we're on right now, you know, and, and communicate with people and network with people all over the globe. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's know. so powerful about the um, new Tulsa Star. Mm-hmm. It's um, that's why I, once again I encourage anyone to to go into the site and just look at the articles and give support to this because it's really very informative. It and, is. Uh, yeah, very informative, very intelligently put together, and I love the layout. Everything is easy to read, and um, you know, give some support to the new Tulsa Star. Yeah, because we need this. Mm-hmm. So neither. if someone needed to get in touch with you, yeah, how would they get in touch with you via phone? So really, um, I mean, the Tulsa Star doesn't have like a, a phone number because we don't have office per se, but like um, the email address is newtulsastar at gmail.com. So um, okay. on our about page is where I direct people to go if they want to submit things. Um, and I outline very clearly on there, though. <laughs> If you're going to submit something, though, I'd like to prioritize voices from North Tulsa because a lot of times we have folks that are like, oh, I support what you're doing, but they're just trying to, like, get up a promote, promote, promotion. Yeah, yeah, promote their own agenda yeah. or whatever. It's just like, well, this thing didn't get anything to do with North Tulsa, the community. I, you know, you can keep it. So, you know, I'm very clear upfront about that. And then if folks, you know, have comments or concerns, you know, they can email there as well. You know, I've had, like you said, have people been coming for me yet? I've had, you know, folks. <laughs> Mm. Come through the email address that way, which is, you know, people are uh-huh. free to have their opinions and stuff, and, you know, right. free to have mine. So, you know, right. I well, welcome a free press and free exchange of ideas. So. And I think you should tell stories that are real true stories oh, of yeah. the community and the history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, since Ray, we talk about that all the time mm-hmm. around here. My mm-hmm. daddy come around yes. here, and we read people who got stories and good stories to tell mm-hmm. rather than just putting up some something just yeah. to fill a blank spot. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you know. I'd like to, like I was saying, we, the online magazine format is much better because it's like we, we know a lot of people now. I know a lot of people now are watching us, a lot of different types of folks in town, in other mm-hmm. places. So it's like, not only for myself, don't want to be at a high uh, journalistic bar, but like, because I know a lot of different people are watching and it's like, it's only like maybe these three or four black owned news entities. Well, if they're all subpar, you know, how does that make us look as a community, as a people? So that's kind of my my view on it is like down down to every every minute detail. I want it to be perfect. I want it to be exude excellence. I mean, in the same vision as original Tulsa Star, I feel like that was black excellence. I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm trying yeah. to mm-hmm. do what I can to live up to mm-hmm. that. You know. Mm-hmm. So is that yeah. logo? Is that the same logo? Or is that a brand new logo? No, that's a brand new logo that my husband designed. Okay. Well, our, yeah, now okay. our Facebook page, uh, the banner was him. He kind of revamped it a little bit, but the original banner was actually from the original Tulsa Star newspaper. That that oh, is wow. from the Tulsa Star, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the original okay. banner. Where is that? On the Facebook page. Oh, oh on, on the Facebook, Facebook page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So you got Facebook too. Mm-hmm. Yes, you got mm-hmm. Facebook, oh, Twitter, right. and Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, great. Mm-hmm. That's good. Man, I'm just tripping off of this. Yeah. I knew about yeah. it, but I hadn't, I hadn't <laughs> yeah. really dug into what yeah. what it was all about, you know. And it's good to have uh, another black media source mm-hmm. right here in Tulsa, yeah. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling everybody, we need more black media, yes. and we need to support black media. You know, mm-hmm. we have a you know a variety of different platforms and stuff. And so when you pop up, and I'm saying, oh, okay. Come on, welcome to the club, you know, come on in here, you know, 
uh, join in. And, and plus, over here, we give a voice to the voiceless, mm-hmm. you know, people who normally don't get a chance to get on a radio station and state their cases and talk about issues and things like that. But um, we're going to really be uh, networking with you and uh, have you on here periodically, you know, because we need sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And that's big right there. That's mm-hmm. huge, you know. Mm-hmm. And we need it as much as we can get it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, for Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm getting ready to launch it, the FM radio station. So we'll be in your cars around here. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. I got my already set up, ready to go, you know. So I'm just doing some tweaking and doing some uh, formatting and stuff like that. We'll have more shows than just the Bobby Eaton show and the Juice radio show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, speaking of the Juice Radio Show, hey, we are doing fundraisers because we're going to take them to Atlanta. Oh, lovely. Yes. Uh, we're going to take about 12 young people to Atlanta. Uh, it's all set up already. We've, we're we touring uh, CNN News. We're going to tour CNN. Then we're going to the MLK Center. Mm-hmm. And we're going to a couple of radio stations. And we're going to do the Tyler Perry uh, tour. And it's all set up. We just got to get there. <laughs> you know? And we got to, we, we're staying in an Airbnb, you know, a house. Yeah. And we're all going to pile up in there and take some stuff and cook it's some food. So fun. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to doing that. You know, I'm an old man, so I'm yeah. going to kick back, you know. And then plus, I know people in the city. Yeah. So I know a lot of entertainers. Gosh, I hate I can't go. Play. Yeah, I wish you could go with us. I got a seat for you. you know, if you wanted to go, I'm gonna talk to talk to your boss. Yeah, say <laughs> yeah. hey, man, let off for a couple of days, yeah, man. Just a couple of days, come just on. A couple of days, but it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I just talked to CNN the other day, and they said, "Yeah, well, we're looking forward for you coming. <laughs> you know, we're gonna we're gonna take you on. You know." So I said, "Okay, cool. That's 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 what we want to do. Give yeah. the youth something that they ain't never." Had before, that's right. something that's they right. can take with them for a, li- a lifetime, mm-hmm. and they'll remember. They remember stuff like that. That's right. That's you know, right. something. It's like a good that. experience. It's a good learning experience, mm-hmm. also. Yeah. So when they come back, they might can speak to uh, tell some maybe an interview. It's life. A lot of stories. I mean, it's for so sure. much. It's so much that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. Ongoing. I mean, we haven't even touched the surface exactly. of mm-hmm. a lot of uh, community stuff that's going on and worldwide stuff. Yeah, it's happening throughout the nation. Stories and people to interview, and you know, yep. you'll find out. You're going to have a lot of different people coming. Uh, in different cities, mm-hmm. they're gonna come at you. You know, you're gonna be interviewing some. Yeah. We've done a lot of you interviews. You think it's small now? Yeah. You get ready to blow up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this yeah. thing is gonna be this new Tulsa star. Blow up. Yeah, she'll blow up. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, and then we'll be able to help you send people your way mm-hmm. for stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've done, yeah. we've done, we've done what Benjamin Crump and mm-hmm. Doctor Umar Johnson mm-hmm. and. You know, all kinds of people up in here, uh, people who write books, entertainers, you know, entertainers, entertainers, entertainers and, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and everybody. Yeah. So we've done a yeah. lot of a lot of folks. And that's what the networking is all about. For sure. Right. For sure. You know, that's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. <laughs> we right. scratching each other's back, mm-hmm. you know, to, to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. because exactly. I believe the movement, the movement, the civil rights movement was several components. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just one. It wasn't just Dr. King by himself. 
You had Dr. King, you had Malcolm, you had mm-hmm. the, the Black Panthers, SCLC, right. NAACP. Mm-hmm. You had all these different entities, mm-hmm. people working together for one common cause, mm-hmm. you know, for equality, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. So that's what we have to still do today. Yes. You know, in More order so to. than ever. Yeah. The Black Wall mm-hmm. Street way of life. Yeah. Putting going back and. Hey, serving mm-hmm. each other because I get so sick and tired of seeing us always with our hands out, wanting somebody to give us something yeah. when we need to be helping ourselves. Yeah. Well, it's just like Miss Norman said. Let's try to get that knowledge together and and get these loans. Yeah, get these we CEOs need money. These bank these bank loans to loan folks money so that they yeah. can start business. Well, you need finances. Yeah, man. and really, you gotta have it. If I got onto that, like as far as people having their hand out, I feel like it's because. The white power structure has mm-hmm. conditioned people to do that. It's not because we're inherently like mm-hmm. lazy or people don't want to do the right thing. Right. Yeah. It's exactly. like, yeah. that's, that's the norm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like at every point, and this is, you know, when I've recently, uh, I think this was like late June, uh, Dr. Crutcher did this bus tour where he went to Montgomery, Alabama, went mm-hmm. to uh, EJI's uh, right. memorial. And I love how the museum not only goes through slavery, right, right breaks that down, but mm-hmm. then it breaks down like, the immediate years after, because I feel like a lot of folks, not just locally, but nationwide, they just, they see about his, you know, slavery and they don't even understand the full history of that, which I'm so glad New York Times did. They're doing the 1619. Yeah, I got it it over there now. Yeah, I got that now. I'm going to be reading Mm -hmm. that this weekend, but Mm -hmm. like really breaking down, like, because it's been so like glossed over that we do not understand the barbarity of it. Like, like the psychological damage of it, like historical trauma of it. Like you don't get it. So it might be my cousin. Is that true? Yeah, exactly. It's the truth. It's so that happening, and then like slavery going on for hundreds of years, and then Reconstruction was what eight, nine years, right? Mm-hmm. And right. Then, and then the, the federal government just like, okay, good like black folks, and just pull out of the South and left us to our own mm-hmm. devices to deal with like the racial terror Kick and the the, the the voter um, suppression laws, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, all of that. So Continued you know, slavery. Yeah, never, you never know any let up. So it's like so funny when I hear some white folks. I mean, try to say like you guys are kind of like harping on this too much it's like but you never put your took your foot off our necks though ever yeah. so that mm-hmm. happened and then you had jim crow and yeah, yeah exactly yeah, but they never went off and then mm-hmm. you had jim crow and then like mm-hmm. okay when civil rights happened it's like okay let's find another way to do this so then you have in the 70s you know maybe i'm a little too deep here but mm-hmm. let me know but jagger hoover and the cointel program so oh, for sure and you had you know they're purposely trying to target you know um black Afro- activists yeah, the yeah. panthers yeah right. MLK included. Nothing. yeah exactly oh, yeah, sure. and like mm-hmm. You know, not only you know, a lot of them are still in prison, been there for decades, or we're, were dying, killed. Dying or, in prison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you had, you know, the CIA sanctioned, you know, crack epidemic in the eighties. Exactly. You know, you just, and then you had the Clinton's crime bill in the nineties. You know, it's just, it's, it's on, just and on, and on and on and on. So and it's on. just, you know, it's just yeah. people just need to know their history before they, you know, critique and mm-hmm. and, 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 and that's one thing we need to do is, like you said, we need to know the history. Mm-hmm. That's why you you have this publication. Yeah, yeah. To put some of this history out here, mm-hmm. tell. Tell the truth, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what we do. We all do that. You yep. know? I commend uh, uh, some of the, the black media sources here in Tulsa who, mm-hmm. do, who, who do that. Yeah, racism stinks. Yeah, right. We got so many people. We got so many now. You know, and they're young people, too, mm-hmm. and I yes. like that, you know. <laughs> you know, and we're not sugarcoating these mm-hmm. stories. We're just telling them, you know. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, over here, 
uh, we are black on black everything, blackity blackity black. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> the, the, the buildings black. That's right. All equipment built paid by for, blacks. Built folks. by blacks, yeah. and you know nobody can't tell us anything. Mm-hmm. We just tell land us. owned, land owned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and my sister come in here all the time. We've been coming in, and we just. Hey, we've been just talking it, right? Yeah. We are having mm-hmm. a conversation. And we had some great conversations. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And then I'll record it too, so. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You can go to the archives anytime. Yeah, the anytime. Show. This show, you can always, if your mom, dad, or relatives, miss, they can always go to Somebody the archives. Somebody missed it. They can go back and listen to it. And, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be good. You know? So what are you working on now for yeah. your future publication? <laughs> Um, you mean just like stories on yeah. the horizon? Yeah, on the horizon. Um, what can we look forward to? For me, I mean, you're going to continue to, I mean, there are obviously some stories that are kind of one-off stories, right? If we're doing like a culture spot about, you know, like the sneaker boutique or like someone's shop opening up in North Tulsa or uh, maybe a musician based out of North Tulsa have an album coming out. That'll be kind of one-off pieces. So we want to continue to show the positive things coming out of North Tulsa because I want people just thinking like, oh, there's just these people are just so oppressed over here. They're just covering all the quote unquote negative stuff um, with the news investigative pieces. It's like, no, there are, there are positive cultural things coming out of North Tulsa as well, which is what mm-hmm. the culture section is for. And then the op-ed section is for community members to be able to literally voice yeah, their thoughts opinion. on things. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the news investigative pieces, which is really our main focus, it's really going to be continuing to cover issues that, or having detrimental effects on North Tulsa. I mean, you mentioned gentrification earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's been going on with that? I mean, yeah. we will be covering that uh, in depth, though, for sure. Um, continuing to cover police accountability, because we already know with yeah. the criminal justice system, we mm-hmm. know that disproportionately affects poor folks, mm-hmm. folks of color. And I want to name just not folks of color, black folks. I feel like sometimes we all get lumped in together, yeah. the umbrella, folks of color. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like every... Uh, so-called minority group okay. has their mm-hmm. unique challenges, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that they face. And then there are unique challenges that are going on with black folks that need to be named, need to have a separation sometimes on that. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be an important issue. Definitely want to keep covering things that are happening as far as like educational inequity. Um, and that's, even if that makes, you know, some folks uncomfortable, you know, you mentioned charter schools, you know, I have my own thoughts. Oh, that's a topic. On charter mm-hmm. schools, you know, mm-hmm. I used to work at, I worked at a couple of charter schools, so, you know, I've kind of seen that from the inside as mm-hmm. well. Um, I mean, I just actually just read a short piece in the Tulsa Voice today by uh, the former executive director at uh, Oklahoma Policy Institute, David Blatt, called Epic Fail. <laughs> so wow. he was talking about the Epic Charter School thing, controversy, yeah. and talking about, like, basically how he started the article and ended it was basically saying, like, look, whenever you start trying to run a school like a profit-making business, the students are never going to come first. <clears throat> I mean, that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. capitalism just didn't function that way. I mean, it's fundamentally, there's winners and losers, right? I mean, in, in capitalism, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm trying to bash capitalism, <clears throat> excuse me, as a whole, mm-hmm. but, like, I mean, it's problematic, as you can see. It's like, you got it this American dream, but then people yeah. don't tell you when they serve you up this American dream that, you know, I mean, there's classism that takes place there. A lot of folks that end up being the winners had generational wealth as their cushion along their mm-hmm. path. You know, if you don't see success where you're at and you're growing up, how would you know what success looks like or how yeah, to get there? Yeah. And you have people telling you, like, well, why don't you do this, this and that? And it's just like, well, you know, I, you know, I didn't have a wealthy grandfather that mm-hmm. had a trust right. fund for me or this, this and that and the other. So, you know, a lot of folks don't understand that they have privileged positions or they yeah. don't want to understand it. They don't they don't want to see it. Yeah, You know what a friend of mine told me when he came here to visit? He says, man, 
you guys are not growing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Tulsa's not growing. North Tulsa's not growing. And I said, what do you mean, man? He says, how many schools are, have you had built over here mm-hmm. in North Tulsa in the last 10 years? Wow. And I got to thinking, he says, your, your schools are closing down. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're not building any schools for education and things, that means that you're not, the community's not growing. Mm-hmm. You're not multiplying. Yeah. You know, and I, I had to stop and think mm-hmm. about that, you know. Yeah. Said because schools and education, that's what grows the community. You know, when you got a whole bunch of them happening, and now mm-hmm. you got all of these charter schools and breaking down, and they're closing down some of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. we got a lot of schools over here that are closing down. Closing down mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. A lot of charter schools that are closing down. Oh, yeah. A lot of mm-hmm. charter schools closing down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, TPS got a one or two yeah. that's shutting down, yeah, that's too. True. You know, so yeah. I had to think about that. And again, it's the, I think, the quality over quantity argument. It's like, yes, we need more schools, the right kind of schools right? that aren't just perpetuating. And people are getting frustrated yeah. with the public schools, you mm-hmm. know. No, they, for sure. And I totally get that. Homeschool, I totally get that. homeschooling like crazy. People yeah. are starting to do it. I'm yeah. just going to homeschool my kids. Yeah. Yep. You know, and let them go take the test. No, no, no I, I get that. I just mm-hmm. hope that. And again, I'm not anti-charter. I don't people think that, but I just think like, I mean, the regulations on them are just far too lax. <laughs> I mean, compared to a brick and mortar school, you know what I mean? Like, oh, a charter school, you mean? Definitely. I mean, yeah. I've seen, I've, I've worked at personally worked at some schools where it's like, I've had to talk to administration about like, hey, you guys got this big population of Latino students, and having worked with a lot of Latino students, I mean, that's, that was the biggest population at Hill High School. It was the third, third, third um, mm-hmm. Latino, black and white there. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can tell when there's a student that like. Maybe there's a Latino student that like can speak conversational English, sure, but like there's a different type of English that you need, yeah. you know, to be successful academically that, mm-hmm. that you know they're having issues with. And I'd be like, okay, so what are the ELL English as a, you know uh, English language learner, learner services that you guys are going to offer at this charter mm-hmm. school that I was working at at the time? And they're just kind of like, well, you know, that's a nice idea, but technically charter schools aren't required to provide you know special education services uh-huh. or ELL services, you know, that kind of stuff where it's like. Um, or, you know, they're able to, like, um, throw students out that are having behavioral issues or what have you a lot more easily than, like, a public school where, you know, you know they take more federal funding. So, you know, they have more restrictions on doing discriminatory stuff like that. So that's my main issue. It's like, you know, it just depends on if it's the right types of folks. I mean, you have, like, a Greenwood Leadership Academy where it's, like, a partnership school and it's not a traditional TPS school, but you have people there, predominantly black folks, people of color that work mm-hmm. with the students. They have the right mindsets and goals for the students. So, you know, that turns out better than other folks where it's like they're coming in with their own agendas, you know, not mm-hmm. student focused, not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really just depends. I'm not anti-charter school or partnership schools or anything. It's just you got to have the right people with the right motivations in there. Yeah, that's for true. sure. Greenwood, um, Greenwood Leadership. That's the Met, right? That's the Met, yeah. yeah. That's uh, yeah. Ray Owens. Mm-hmm. And that, and uh, Greg Robinson and uh, mm-hmm. Christy Williams and them over there, and they got a good thing going on mm-hmm. over there. Yeah, you know. So I heard, and it's free. It's not tuition, is it? It is oh, free. It's, yeah, I think so because it's, it's free. Yeah, it's, it's free. free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, some of you go ahead to Met. That's her church. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of you are. You have to pay, right? Tuition. Now, I mean, now, th- I mean, the two schools I worked at, the charter schools, were public charter schools, so they were free. But I mean, again, since they're not public schools and they don't have to provide a certain amount of services or what have you, that's where the quality of education sometimes goes a little 
off the side. And then it's like if, if parents start complaining and stuff, it's like, well, <laughs> those administrators can just say, well, you can just take your kid back to, you know, home <laughs> school. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of it. So it's just kind of. Do they act like that, really? Just go on and take them, you know. I've seen that. I've seen that. You've seen that before? Mm-hmm. If you don't like it over here, just take your yeah. kid on. Yeah. Go ahead and go. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, again, going back to, like, okay. I know just sometimes maybe I'm gonna really go off here, but um You can you can yeah, okay. you can yeah you can you tell us that's right. You just I've seen this education here, this large influx of young, wide eyed, optimistic white educators come in and it's like optimism, you know, and enthusiasm is good, but it's like Let's have the right mindset, though. Let's not come in here thinking we're going to swoop in like a white savior and save these poor, disenfranchised black kids. We want to empower, right? It's like you're not trying to just – just because you're coming in with a smile and good intentions doesn't mean that you're not being as destructive as someone that's coming in with racial slurs and very purposeful, targeted racism. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's still all two sides of the same coin. So that's my issue with Tulsa. It's like people don't get that. It's like – Oh, this white person is being nice to me. They don't have on a hood and burning a cross on my porch. So they must be mean, right by me, right? And it's just like, no, let's let's think with our critical lens on some of these things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we can still have our some of our so-called white allies, but like, let's not be afraid. They're not really real allies. We can't like critique them and hold them accountable when they do things that are messed up, right? Mm-hmm. Are they real allies? We have to walk on eggshells and we can't yeah. really hold them accountable when they do messed up stuff. I don't really feel like they are. So that's that's kind of my thought on it. So we need to make sure that like. We're holding our so-called uh, allies accountable, while we're also holding the folks that are obviously our adversaries accountable at the same time. I think we do both simultaneously. We don't have to pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow. wow, that's uh, interesting right there. What are some of the challenges that you see out of these charter schools? I mean, what are some of the main – is it the parents? Because somebody sometimes people tell me the parents – Go off on some of the teachers and and it's. it's I've heard that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but honestly, I mean, I mean, if you ask some teachers over in Jinx and Bixby, you can have some privileged white parents that go off on you because you give their kid a a, a minus or a B. Just a different type of going off. Oh, really? I mean, honestly, I've had white parents at hell that I'm gonna be like, you're them snoring. Yeah. You. That's a trip. It's like it's almost like white people are buying into that same like white supremacist mindset. Like, oh, our people don't know how to act, but then a white person comes in like. Oh my! Oh my gosh! Like, how dare you like teach Tony Morrison? I seriously had a white a white kid switch out of my class. I taught Tony Morrison. This eleventh grade. That's like there's the first book is Blue by Tony Morrison, and she got an attitude about it and switched out of my class and took a couple of her white friends with her, and like her had a big stink. Her mom came to the school. It was a whole big thing. Really? Yeah. Because she didn't want to read the book. Yeah, and I almost like you know there was some adult content in the book, but again, this is eleventh grade. These are like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen yeah. in the class. Right. These so are like older kids, huh? Yeah. And again, like I'm having conversations with the kids about it, and, and like okay, I'm thinking like oh maybe she maybe she's offended by like the rape and incest that's portrayed in the book. So I'm trying to have an open conversation about like hey, was there something offensive in that regard? No. Basically, what she told the uh, assistant principal at at the school was she was offended by it was just about black stuff the whole class was about black stuff and this was the first like week of the class she didn't know that like i had a whole multicultural curriculum laid out for the whole year she saw me and my black self and my natural hairstyle and then tony morrison not knowing that tony morrison is a you know nobel prize winning author here she didn't know nothing about (laughs) no she's black i'm black black agenda what's going on here and this is like in the school where it's like 
this is not like a private school where it's mostly white kids there. I mean, it's like a lot of black kids and brown kids. So I was really shocked when this white girl, this white student, like, had an issue with us covering black stuff. And she she told her parents. It's all right to cover white stuff. Learn about somebody else's culture oh, is color. very insulting that you would even think that. Oh my so what was the end result of that? Um, so we eventually like unpacked it and I you know Did you have what? to change your curriculum the yet? Absolutely to... not. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely luckily I love this one. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> luckily uh, I, you know, this is principal is a, a fellow black woman as well and she knowing the the bar standard which I have is like I wasn't just coming in there on an agenda, right? It's like this is Tony Morrison we're talking about, like the great Tony Morrison, like and I'm still teaching the Oklahoma state standards and objectives for this grade level and the subject. So there's nothing she could say, honestly. Mm. So it's like it made it even clearer that this was some personal issue she had with me or whatever. So eventually I ended up talking to that student and kind of unpacking that. Yeah, that was a concern for her, but also another concern is that some of her friends were in the other English teacher's class, and she wanted to go over to that other English teacher's class. So mm-hmm. then I'm thinking, then why did you use that as the excuse that you gave to your mother? Do you think yeah, that your right. your white mother would take that better, saying that, like, this black woman yeah, is forcing but, black yeah. culture, culture on me versus yeah. you just saying, I want to be in the class? Like, I don't know. So it was just so much um, back there. Wow. It, was, it was interesting. Wow. So she did yeah. transfer out of class. No, she did, she, did, she did end up transferring. Yeah, but we ended up having a conversation and smoothing things over, and I think she understood my point of view. But, like, yeah, I've had several instances like that. It's almost like every year I've taught, I've had one white male student that's had issues with me. For white, no real, white male student. Yeah, no. for no yeah. real reason. Obviously, I mean, I've had students of other races and other, you know, including black yeah. students that had, you know, their issues, behavioral issues, but, like, that's just typical teenager, like, mm-hmm. you're going through some stuff at home, what's going on, let's talk about it kind of stuff. I get that, you know, we can work through that. But I'm talking about, like, I've had white male students that almost, like, almost, like, on a subconscious level don't want to really hear what I'm trying to say. Like, almost feel there's something, like, making them uncomfortable by taking direction from a black, a black woman. Yeah, because uh-huh. it's just, like, you know, they would just yeah. get angry about the smallest things or, like, try to argue with me. And it's just, like, you're a 16-year-old boy. I-, I went to college for this. Why are you arguing with me about, like theme what a theme is or like how to write an essay or just like that kind of pick it pick anything yeah that kind of stuff yeah so i I did notice that quite a bit so that that's some crazy white boys to be shooting people (laughs) (laughs) i I gotta say say that but that is not that's that's bobby eden's opinion Wants to be going out there grabbing gotta watch him there's a track record there's a track there's, record. There's a track record of young white men doing that. Mm-hmm. You gotta watch them. Yep, they'll you kill their own. Huh? They'll kill kill their own too. Right. Well, they invented the gun. Hmm. <laughs> I say they invented the gun. <laughs> they did. White, well, white folks. <laughs> white folks invented the gun. Yeah. Who? Who? Where did it come from? The musket. Huh. Yeah, sure. I never thought about that. We didn't. We we didn't invent any. Uh, we probably perfected it. We we didn't. <laughs> we 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 took we took guns for trade. Yeah. You know yeah. that's what we did for trade. And we hunted. And hunted. We hunted. We, we didn't we, kill each no, other. No, no, we didn't kill each other. We were hunters and gatherers. Yeah. yeah. You know. That's right. That's what we did. Okay. Smith Smith and Wesson. Yeah. You know, Remington. Yeah. Remington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of that. Coat. Gun match coat. All this. Yeah. Not black. 
Hmm. See, one thing but about, I bet you they had black workers that perfected. Yeah, well, they probably they had some slaves and people who just manufactured yeah. and worked in the warehouse. Yeah. Or just like old boy who say he invented uh, the electric light. What's his name? Oh, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. He had yeah. a black man on the drafting board who right. perfected oh, that well, and we, actually made that happen. We've been the inventors of everything. everything. We invented math, everything. you know, and everything. So, you know, we at the forefront of all of those inventions, you know. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, we didn't get credit for it, you know. So yeah. We didn't get any credit. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that went right there. But, yeah. uh yeah, we're gonna get some credit going on and some stuff happening with the Tulsa Star. <coughs> yeah, and um, do you think it's just uh, you'll always just be di- uh, digital online? No, no. What's I, the future? Not. What's the future looking like? So one thing I can definitely say about the future is like obviously online is important. You know, it's the wave of the future, but. To really be accessible to the people I'm trying to talk to in North Tulsa, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever the age they are, what have you, mm-hmm. I mean, I do want to do a print version, whether it's like, I mean, it's going to be more like, a, like I said, New Yorker, like, I mean, we're not Tulsa World where we're putting out, you know, something every day. Yeah, but like copy. a ma- magazine type? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but just like, like maybe like, you know, twice a month, once a month, that's definitely mm-hmm. something it, I, on my making. radar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. most to definitely. To get people to a hard copy, huh? Yes, yes. So, you know, folks in the community that maybe older folks that, you know, don't want to really deal mm-hmm. with the Facebook. I mean, I don't want to deal with Facebook myself. I just have to publish it. It's open to our page, so I have to do it. But um, folks that, you know, maybe you put it out in, at Rudis Hill, you know, locations in North Tulsa where I'm trying yeah. to educate the community. And, of so, course, other folks that are not in North Tulsa. Some free publication. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like you got yeah. the Tulsa yeah. voice and voice all these and other exactly. Exactly. things that you can just read if you So yeah. you are going to be a physical Paper yes, copy. I, yes, I that's, definitely. That's the goal, huh? Yes, that's one of my oh, one of my that. mini goals. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for that. And you see, the website's already very nice and pretty. Yeah. So I mean, well, yeah. It would yes. lend itself well to be in a print publication yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. And older people like us, we we like to read. We like to hold something. Yeah, I do too. Sometimes this <laughs> monitor just hurts my eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to read. Yeah, the magazine, mm-hmm. paper, something. You're a reader. Yes, for I'm sure. a reader. Mm-hmm. Most definitely a reader. Sure, read your. I'm already gonna call into the comments saying. And mm-hmm. post my little, my little poetry. Yeah. You I'm might gonna, wanna, you mm-hmm. might wanna. Uh, put yeah. it on paper. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little something, something. Yeah. Um, Tulsa Star. Tulsa Star. Yeah. Well, you you're off to a great start. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's just a great situation that's taking really place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's I don't even know what to say. Well, we're gonna, gonna you know, be a really big thing. Wow. We're gonna take a little break yeah, and right. we're gonna come right back. We're talking to Tamantha Norman of the Tulsa Star Online News Publication. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say publication. That's right. You know, and so y'all guys stick around. We'll be right back, okay? You are listening to the Bobby Meat Eating Show. <laughs> I almost <laughs> forgot my yeah, name. Right. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about meeting the Bobby Meeting Show. That's Bobby what we did. Show, yeah, huh? The Meeting Show. Okay. All right. <laughs> Get 
Oh, yeah, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. And, boy, that's uh, just what we do. We've been having some fun with Tamantha Norman over here. Yes. And telling, she's telling her stories and conversation and black awareness and all this information. And, uh, man, it goes by yeah. pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. So, uh, once again, let our audience know how to get in touch with you. Uh, are you do you guys have a physical place? Or are you just doing it out of your home? Or, um, yeah, or, we don't really have a physical place. Not, not yet. Uh, not, not yet. yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, how can how can they get in touch with you? Um, it's really that email address. It's attached to my phone, so I right. I get the messages pretty quickly, which is a uh, newtulsasar at gmail dot com, and then we're on Facebook, so that's uh, new Tulsa Star or Tulsa Star, whichever one you want to go with. Um, and we're on Twitter as well, and then on Instagram too. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. Yeah. You know. So, right. So, um, um, what you gonna do when you wake up in the morning? <laughs> yeah. What you gonna do? Tough. What's gonna be your day? Um. Well, I'm gonna go to work, and then later on, I'm going to. Go to that Cory Booker event that's happening at Vernon AME tomorrow morning. It's tomorrow morning. What time yeah, is that tomorrow? Yeah, it's at 11. 11 o'clock tomorrow yeah. morning. Cory Booker down Corey at, Booker, yeah. at Vernon. Yeah. Right. And what time is it going to be there? 11. 11 o'clock. Dang, I'll be. Dang, oh. we in check. Okay. Hey, <laughs> let's, go, let's go to the phone lines right quick, okay? Sounds I good. think we got a caller here, and I want to see what's going on here. Okay, 11111, you're on the Bobby Eaton show. Yeah, am I on? 
Yeah, you, you are. are. Oh, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Who are we voting for? What? Who, who are we, we voting, voting for? Biden? Tell him to come to you. Ah, well, I don't know yet. I haven't decided. I haven't decided who we're going to vote for as of right now. You know, I haven't made my decision. Tell him to come to the phone. I hear talking about Cora. I hear talking about Cora Booker. Who are we, who are we yeah. voting for? Who is the Tulsa Star voting for? Well, who I don't know. Who's the Tulsa Star voting for here? Tulsa Star? I don't know who I'm voting for. <laughs> They're a so. neutral entity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't say who the Tulsa Star is voting for if you ask me personally. Um, I mean, I personally think in this age of Trump that uh, China run the Trump typical model. don't even say that name to me, Trump. <laughs> Call him hashtag 45. Yeah. Hashtag 45, excuse me. 45. <laughs> yeah, so... uh Voldemort. Johnny... <laughs> <Not Voldemort. laughs> With hair. Uh-huh. So China goes against him, you obviously. Got no hair. <laughs> okay, so typical, the typical moderate is not going to work, obviously. I, I think we got to have somebody on the complete other end of the political spectrum. Obviously, that someone's way more progressive. Someone that's just really gonna lay it out there. Um, that would be the best, the best candidate to beat Trump, in my opinion, to beat forty-five, in my opinion. And who do you think that is thus, thus far? I mean, honestly, I feel like it would either be Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna Bernie Sanders because yeah. I just felt like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the stuff that went on in 2016 with the Democratic National Convention and all that—it yes. was pretty messed up. Yes, pretty um, messed up. The super delegate debacle. Um, yeah. So I really think it's someone that's gonna be like that, where it's like. He's not afraid to come out there and be like, you know, but he obviously is like the opposite, complete opposite politically of Trump, like where you have one person that's mm-hmm. 45, that's kind of um, catering to the privileged 1% in our country. He mm-hmm. is going to rallies with um on behalf of unions and talking to workers and, you know, uh, uh, farmers, farmers mm-hmm. and all that. And mm-hmm. it considers climate change an actual mm-hmm. national global crisis. Yes. You know, yes. so that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people in the community don't see that as important, but it's like yeah, very when you look at even mm-hmm. pollution and mm-hmm. the communities that affects the most, it's, mm-hmm. North Tulsa and is right up there. You know, and right it up can there. happen in our lifetime. Within the next 12 years, yeah. if we don't do something, exactly. it might be ir- ir- mm-hmm. we won't be able to come back from that. Yeah, the exactly. Will just but be what is our fascination with Joe Biden? Why are we all, why are we all polling on the polls for Joe Biden? Well, you know, I think I, I think, us on the I think that's got a. Uh, <laughs> I think because he was with Obama, yeah, up under mm. the presidency of Obama, and they think that Obama maybe you're black. Like, huh? Obama ain't black. <laughs> Why would you say that? He's not black. Obama ain't black. He does nothing for black people. He what? Okay, well let me tell you. Yeah. Let, let me explain yeah. it to you. His I'm, job I'm, I'm was explain it to you. Yeah. His hands was tied where he couldn't do nothing for That's black right. people. He couldn't do he anything. Have have he, have the Senate. he didn't have the Senate. He didn't have the Congress. He didn't have none of that, man. He and everything that he, everything that he brought up, they shot it down. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden's mm-hmm. one of the biggest racists in history. History. <laughs> what make what make you say that? Oh, I don't know. How about the Anita Hill hearings? How about the 1994 crime bill? How about uh, the fact that he had to drop out of the 1988 presidential race for plagiarism? How about using his son for his own political gain? 
How about uh, voting to gut welfare under Bill Clinton twice? How about uh, overturning Glass-Steagall? How about eulogizing one of uh, America's most famous racists, Strom Thurmond? Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you a question. Who are you voting for? I ain't voting. <laughs> wow! Then why complain? Yeah, why complain? I can't get to the polls. We're not gonna I, vote. I, I can't yeah. even get to the polls. I don't have legs. Is that funny to you? That don't make no difference. They uh, have buses that like, you, yeah, you can get, get to the, the polls. polls. You can get to the yeah, polls. Yeah, they got. They have services yeah, that, that will come pick you up and take you up. right That's there. Right. You, Would you, you please you tell me that number? You can have a. You can have a. You can vote from your home. That's right. You can go online and vote. Yeah, you can early vote. Will you please tell everyone how to do that, please? How to do? Will you get use your platform? Use your platform you, and tell us who cannot get to the polls how to vote. Okay, please. you can call the voter registration office and you electoral can board. electoral voice and you can tell them your situation and they can make arrangements for people like yourself. Would you oh, please put that they, number on your website? Okay. All you have to do, all you have to do, I can't put my number on there because I'm in Oklahoma and Tulsa. But your local polling place where you register to vote, you contact them, the election board, and they can give you all the information you need. Because different states, different states, different states have different, you know, phone numbers and things like that. But your your vote it counts. I, I was overseas. I'm tired of the Tulsa Star. Thank you. Bye. All right. Anything? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear. He says, um, bye. <laughs> He's comedic. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, he has valid points, and, yeah. and, and his opinions do count. And just because you don't have any legs doesn't mean that you can't get to your destination. And I, wonder if I bet that you was he gets. True. I bet you get to his doctor. I bet you he get to the grocery store. Yeah. I bet you he sends somebody to come and help him and do something. So I, and I, I don't know how true that was. I just think he may have thrown that out there. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I'm no legs. You know? Maybe he got two legs. He just yeah. don't want to use them. Yeah, you know, use your platform to do this. Yeah, you know? come on now. That's one of them kind of calls. You know, yeah. we've had them before. Oh, that's true. I saw that's your true. face when I said one one one. He called yeah, from a right. computer. Uh huh. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. He called yeah. from a computer. Mm. Mm. It was and anonymous. Those are the crazy one. That's where my eyebrows are. Oh, we done had some. It's <laughs> been so crazy. <laughs> oh, just funny. But we encourage all, no matter what you're, well, just don't let it be vulgar. But if you do have a comment or opinion, we, we always encourage you to give us a caller like this young man did. Go online. You can always call us at 646 716 or you can just go online like this young man did and just Google the Bobby Eaton Show and just follow the instructions oh, and the yeah. live blog and also go back to our archi- archives. We probably have over 600 shows now, right? It's 800. 800 over 800 shows. They're so, all in archives, and it's kind of like the numbers are growing and growing. I can't even – I tried the other day. I took a day and just was going through some of them trying to uh-huh. – pick. I said, man, I would get this. Too many. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been doing this for a few years now. Yeah. So it's yeah. accumulated and uh, it's in archives, like you just said. Yeah. So anything you can think of is probably up in there. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about relationships. We've had those oh. um, 
people in here to Speaking talk about relationships. That. Is that going to be a little little section of your of your paper sometimes at the uh, New Tulsa Star? Is maybe an article on relationships? Um. You don't want to get yeah. deep in that? That would, be, that would be an op-ed, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yes, I can see that. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't make it whole. You're not saying make it a whole section, right? Oh, no, no, no. Like no, no. I mean, just a little spiel. Yeah, alone. for sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and definitely. Black, black love. Yeah. <laughs> How to find it. And where to find it. How to keep it. Mm-hmm. How to keep it going. Yeah. How maybe, interview, maybe interview a couple that's been together 70 years. Mm-hmm. You know. An old couple. Yeah, old couple. Old black we gotta find the. We got to find the right. Old couple. Yeah. The right old yeah. couple. They got a solid, good, right. respectful, yeah. mutually respectful yeah. relationship. You might, really want some them, you might want some of them chaotic couples. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that I just be... don't listen to them, honey. Yeah, I just I let it go in one end. I don't pay no attention. Yeah, when I go shopping, I keep it in the trunk till he go to sleep, and then I go get it and put it in the house. I've been cooking his cornbread for so and so, and that's all he wants. That's all he Well, Hey, oh my goodness. Wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come down here to the Bobby Eden show I where know. we tell our stories our way. You're always welcome. The doors are always open. We've had a great conversation tonight, okay? Okay. Well, thank you so much for having yeah. me on. I appreciate it. Next time, we'd like to have you come in with your with your um, team. Yeah. Oh, bring, yeah. bring well, I love that. Yeah. We're going to bring your team in, in and mm-hmm. yeah. we'll get it from yeah. their perspective as well. Yes, that would be a real good conversation. Now, we'll, we'll be too short because, one, he's going to a writing residency in Wisconsin. And, wow. and another one is back in graduate school in Austin. But the rest of the team, I'll, I'll bring and, them here. And, yeah. and they, those yeah. that are gone, they can call in. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, they can still call in. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's been the Bobby Eaton Show. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. It's such a pleasure meeting you. (laughs) All right. We've had a great time, huh? Oh, yeah. We always do. Yeah. Great Great show. Great show. And so Mm -hmm. you can listen to us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on Saturdays from 12 to 2 p.m. And let's not leave out the juice. That's oh, yeah. tomorrow from 6 to 8. Yeah. They'll be telling stories their way. That's and right. please, once again, everyone, go online. The new Tulsa Star. Get all your information. That's Get right. additional information. If you're a reader like me, you're going to go right to it. And you'll you'll really be pleased because the layout and the now. information is good. Me too. I'm going to get off and go and, and read. When I'm laying up in the bed, I'm having yep. my, my tablet. And I'm going to start reading mm-hmm. and seeing what's going yep. on. What Mr. Yep. Mantha's doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all of that. Samantha Norman. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love her. She's probably an excellent teacher too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if we have more Educated teachers black like woman, that, yeah, you know, and if we have, and, and and that's what I I love about our people is we're so know, talented, we're so intelligent, and just mm-hmm. skilled, and we got in so many now. different venues. Yes, you know, yes. but the mainstream and young media, people now they ain't playing. Yeah, me, mainstream media, playing. media sometimes just paints a bad picture of mm-hmm. black people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they really do. Yes, they do. They don't know. Yes, they do. You know, well, they need to speak to me. We the we the you know what I mean? So uh, that's, that's what we right. are. Sure, and been that way for what four hundred years since we've been here. You know that. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Until the next time, have a good. Thanks for listening. Until we see you again, see your head in the sky. And pleasant blessings to everyone. Bye bye. Stay black.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.